calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons about. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbian shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hello and happy new year, everybody. Welcome to 2018. And welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast where you can get your lesbian fix. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And if you have been waiting through the holidays for that next hit of lesbian content, then we have good news for you guys, because this one is going out to all our pill poppers and all our chemical dependents. That's right. This is episode nine, Lay Crushing Queer Content. This episode, we are so super psyched. We have Karen Knox and Gwendolyn Cummins, the writers and stars of Barbell, here with us. Uh, and if you haven't watched it yet, season one is available on YouTube now. Go check it out. Yes. And for any of our listeners who haven't seen the show yet, Karen and Gwendolyn, could you give us a quick overview about what your show is about? Hi. Yes. Hello, guys. Yes, we can absolutely give you. Gwen, do you want to do the honors and give our little elevator pitch? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Barbell is about two lesbian pop stars who were in love and in a band together, but they break up. So day one, scene one of our web series, um, they have to tell their manager that the dream is over. They're breaking up. The band's breaking up. And the manager says, tough shit. You owe us an album and a tour. So the series is about them having to work together, even though they hate each other. I like to describe it simply as a lesbian spice world in Toronto. Also accurate. <laughs> One of <Yes>. my favorite films. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that starts us off with uh, one of the things that we want to talk about first, because there's a lot of we we could call them themes. Some of them are gonna are gonna like toe the line of tropes. But I think that that explanation. Queer trope number one is, like, working and living with your ex. Is there anything gayer <laughs> than that? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so that kind of kicks us off. We have the working and living with your ex. But what I like about it is it is a little different uh, than what I would say is, like, the, the go-to trip, right? Because I think something that's a very popular um, lesbian trope that you'll see in a lot of, like lesbian fiction fan fiction is the fake dating mm -hmm. thing right where you have characters who have to fake date each other and then obviously actually fall in love of this course. is sort of like that flipped on its head right yeah totally what's that show where that happens um faking, faking it. it that's mm. the one yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> i didn't watch to the end do they fall in love in the end i actually don't think they do it got canceled oh. early because it was such not a great show. Oh. So there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough time for their faking to making <laughs> to make it. Yeah. Um, they totally had some nice makeouts though. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Oh, some like some fakey makes, some like yeah. fake makeouts. Yeah. Woo! 
<laughs> yeah, they weren't fake for one of the girls, of course. Oh, okay, right. One. Yeah, it was like, it was, just, it was a whole disaster. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, stupid. But yeah, Barbell. Classic. <laughs> Barbell's pretty much the, or the first season anyways, a, is a reversal of that, where they're, um, mm-hmm. they don't want to disappoint the fans and let them know that they've broken up. But uh, that is what's actually going on. And so instead you have the, the faking it while secretly dating dating someone else. Uh, yes, that happens. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to another great lesbian trope. The lesbian coming to terms with her sexuality with the religious <laughs> parents. And we yeah, have oof. the ridiculously religious Lulu's parents. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to talk about that a little bit. I, yes, yes, we do yes, want to talk about that. Talk about it. I think the first thing I want to talk about is is the music that's playing in the background of that episode where we're at Lulu's extremely religious parents' household, um, and all that music is uh, is Karen and I pretending to be a like seventies Christian folk band. <laughs> oh my god, um, well, is it really? Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> recorded every single one of them, and this is like this is like well after we shot the episode, like yeah. maybe maybe six months later, probably. We're like, and we were what like, does "This need I know, yeah, some acoustic Christian." It, folk. it needs you being the carpenters, is what you decided. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus. Jesus and the Acoustic Float? Yeah, was the name of our 70s Christian rock band. <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, but can I tell you, though, I really thought you were going to end that sentence with it was you two pretending to be Lulu and her father during the duet, and ah! I got really excited. <laughs> I got really excited that that's what you were going to say, and it's not what you said. <laughs> not quite. No, no. Although I will say that, like, I I was, like, I, I was raised very religious, and, like, at Bible camp, like, sang the song, Jesus is just all right with me. And like, I remember teaching Joy Tanner that song in Gwen's aunt's house, which is where we shot that episode. <laughs> she didn't know the song? She didn't know the song. She didn't know. She's like totally oh like is that who atheist. That's That's yeah, yeah, Joy Tanner plays um, Heather Sinclair. Lulu's mom. Lulu's mom. Mm-hmm. And I remember like being in the kitchen with her and being like, Jesus is just all right with me. And I was like, I don't think ever again in my professional career will I ever get to teach Joy Tanner, the mom of life with Derek, and the mom, uh, the principal on Degrassi Next Generation. Really? A Jesus Christian <laughs> camp song in my own lesbian web series. <laughs> I mean, it's a bucket list item for sure. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it's ticked on mine. that bucket. <laughs> I ticked it real good. <laughs> So one of the other things that we wanted to talk about was contrasting Lulu. Because I think Lulu's story is a little more, it is more stereotypical, right? I think it's a story that You've we're seen kind before, of all for sure. familiar with. Uh, that idea of, you know, oh, my parents wouldn't be okay with this. I'm not even sure myself. I'm in the closet. We yeah. can just hide this. And what we really liked is the the contrast between that and Brooklyn, right? Where Brooklyn mm-hmm. is kind of like the lesbians of the future, where totally. they're confident, they're they're comfortable with themselves. Um, they're all over YouTube. Mm-hmm. They're all over YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Brooklyn has really, she's harnessed the inclusivity of the internet, that corner of the internet that is beautiful. Um and and totally use that to her to her advantage and her own well being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there was there a conscious decision to have sort of those two opposites on the on the spectrum of you know where people are with their sexualities? We definitely didn't want to use sexual identity as like a plot device to sort of tell a story. Like we didn't want the show to be about gay characters being gay. Because, like, we've seen it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I've seen so much media that is, like, about, uh, you know, like, women coming to terms with being gay and, like, telling their parents. And, like, yes. And we do have that element of that because that is, like, a story that is... a universal truth. It's a universal truth. And, like, everybody comes to terms with their own sexuality, especially with, like, you know, coming out to their family. Um, But we definitely wanted to just, like, have gay characters be gay and just live their lives. Yeah, just just living. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a conscious decision, like, definitely. And especially, like, with Alice and Veronica, too. We didn't want want the focus of their stories to be about their sexual identity. It was just, like, an aspect of themselves. But it is also so true, and that's something that uh, 
it's hard for like shows with you know 40 minute episodes to do that let alone on a youtube series where you're dealing with with minutes you know yeah to to have characters and it's something that ellie and i talked about uh a lot kind of leading into this uh to this interview is one of our favorite things about the show is the characters all the characters on it i think are very real in a lot of ways in that way that they're sort of all a little uh relatable a little flawed a little you know human (laughs) they're human characters Mm -hmm. who happen to be gay but i'm curious what were your thoughts on having to play some of those characters who are i mean you know i think alice and veronica both in their own ways are also very human flawed people Relatable and hateable. Yeah. Ooh, nice rhyme. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> Good job, Gwen. It's going to be in a song in season two, and we're going to say it happened here. It's fine. It happened here. <laughs> you know what? We definitely are probably going to steal that. So yeah. thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for inspiring us, guys. You're welcome, world. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, okay. Back to the question. I didn't have the easiest time playing Alice. I think you had a more of a stretch in terms of how different you are from her. Mm-hmm. And Karen, you're more similar to Veronica? Uh, like, yes, I would say so. I think mm-hmm. that, like, the gregarious, like, outgoing part of Veronica is not something that I can identify with. <laughs> you can't? <identify laughs> no, 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 no. I, like, sorry, I did, I, did a, I did a double negative there because I'm coming to terms with it as I speak <laughs> it. Um, I, like, the yes, dramatic. there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely aspects of Veronica that are very much like me. Perhaps I wish not to (laughs) accept that. That's why I have a hard time saying I'm like, no, I'm just a great actor. (laughs) We're completely different. (laughs) So I I think the real question that we have to ask now is, have you committed arson that we need to know about, Karen? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) No arson, but I will admit to committing other petty crimes. Oh, yes, you have. Okay, I'll, I'll, segue, I'll segue us back to an actual question, which is now I'm curious, with Gwen having said that, what were, what were for each of you, what were the hardest things to play in, in each of your characters? I mean, Alice for a long time was kind of a nebulous character that we also had, I would say, more of a challenge writing. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard for me. I feel like I'm not far away from it enough yet to say what exactly was hard about it. I will say that producing and acting at the same time um, proved uh, to be quite a challenge um, and something that I I wouldn't do next time or I I would create more of a separation next time. For me, what was hard about it? I think uh, in the same way with Gwen, like, it's so funny. Like, I just love acting so much that, like, nothing about it ever feels hard. Like, there's things that are challenging, but I don't feel like hard has such a negative or, like, pejorative connotation to it where it's, like, makes it sound unenjoyable. And literally nothing about performing Veronica was not enjoyable. <laughs> like, it was just so fun She's the whole time. She's an incredibly fun character. It's, yeah, so... I think that the only challenging aspect of doing that was, as Gwen said, having to act as like, as a, as a producer and as a writer too, like constantly looking at my own writing and being like, oh man, like I really missed the mark there. Like it could have been better. Like I should have. And then, you know, not trusting the script on the day and being like, like, I remember I would bug you constantly being like, should we just rewrite this just just, <laughs> just, 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 just this little this. bit? Just like, just give me a hit here. Like, let me like, let me like write this, rewrite this one joke real fast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we did do that to oh, yeah. great results. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it was just annoying. And like, and we just needed to trust that the script that we had written was good. I think, and I think that like, you'd probably get better at it as you go. Like, I mean, probably, Robin yeah. Wright, she like. Mm-hmm. She act like she stars in and directed most of the last season of R.I.P. Um, uh, Not R.I.P. Oh yeah, yeah. She's going to continue on as the yeah. lead, right? Oh, that's so good. Oh yeah, she's taken over. She's the bomb. House of but, Cards. Yeah, taken. Hell's yes. <laughs> um, but like, it does that in House of Cards, and I'm like, I remember reading that and just being like, how the f bomb is she like able <laughs> to do that? Like, it's just yeah. like so so incredible to me. 
You you can swear on the podcast. It's allowed. Oh, I can? Marvelous. How the fuck does she do that? There <laughs> <laughs> she goes. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk about the writing for a little bit cuz you both so you're both writers. Was it just you two writing? Were there other writers like Yes, it was just us. We got a, a great number of people to read the script and and give us notes and ideas though. So um, this was the first, can I say that? The first, well, it's definitely the first screenplay that we've written. And if you rewind us back to the beginning, where does the idea, the, the inkling of Barbell start? Where did it start? <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> uh, it actually started in the bar that we're currently sitting in right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious. This, this bar is like, this bar is iconic now. Like if you're, if there's, if, you know, uh, God willing, we get, you know, seven seasons in a movie. Oh, yeah. So when people are on the like whistle stop tour of like Barbell in Toronto, your first stop on the whistle stop tour, <laughs> because yeah. we came up with the idea for Barbell. We kissed on the back couch for the show. <laughs> um, and is that where that scene was filmed? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we had our first production meeting. Like, it's just kind of like, it is like the epicenter of Barbell. They did our catering. They did our catering for for all three weeks of shooting, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is so strange. So, anyways, if you're ever in Toronto... You guys will probably be there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Probably, yes. (laughs) I will say, it was Gwen's idea. Gwen came up with the initial concept of the whole thing, so... Gwen was the god that, like, divined the concept. I have to answer where it came from. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) I am putting putting the ball in your court. I do remember, I I don't don't remember exactly how I came up with the idea, but I remember Karen and I being here and and trying to brainstorm things to do together and things to make, and I mentioned this idea. And I remember Karen, you said, you were like, oh, but what if they're, what if they're on a TV show instead? Like, nope. They have to be musicians. <laughs> Which is hilarious because the second season, they're on a TV show. <laughs> Ooh. So we, and now we're taking no, like, well, not spaghetti, but, uh, yeah, you can be, you can be excited. Like, there, there, there's like, there's an aspect of reality television that we're writing into Ooh. season two. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. already. I mean, I've just been excited for yeah. season two, like, since yes. <laughs> since I finished season um, one. <laughs> perfect. And I was like, this is it? I was like, I can't be over. No. Yeah. Right. Don't worry. It's not even close to being over. Yay. We hope. Yeah, we hope. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> we hope, too. We hope as well. Um, okay, so talking about you guys figured out the idea, then you had to make it happen, right? So... How did you get all the people together to make this thing? And I know like, there also were a lot of queer women who were working on it, women mm-hmm. in general. So how did you come about picking the crew, the director, all that kind of stuff? It was like assembling our our pirate ship crew. That's what it felt like. That's You'd a like, great analogy. I've never heard you use that before, and I think it's amazing. Yes. I remember wooing our director, Kelly. For me, the amazing part of how this team came together was that we'd woo one person and then they would go woo their own people. Um, and, and thus the barbell team was assembled. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a lot of like, it's so funny when you're, when you're asking people to work with you on an art project, it's like going on a date with them. Totally. Like I remember having like a few coffee dates, like with our production designer. Do you remember when we first met Olivia? Yeah. And we like invited her out for coffee and it was totally like a date. Like it was like Gwen and I were propositioning this woman to like, Mm-hmm. to like have a baby with us or something we were like <laughs> so the, we're like where did you like go to school and like what do you like to do and like who do you know and we're like oh my god we know them too like that's so great and like what else have you worked on and like yeah like our aesthetic is like sort of like this and this is what we like imagine the future to look like and she's like well this is what I imagine my future to look like and like it's just like very and like every time every time we would finish one of these like pseudo like interviews where we were like asking somebody to work with us Gwen and I would always be like okay so like how did it go how did you feel like us did yeah. Like did she like us? Like, is she going to be like, do you think she'll do it? Do you think she'll do it? Like, it's, it's very, it's nerve wracking. And like, I remember, I always know that something's really important to me when I like change my outfit four times before mm-hmm. I leave the house. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of outfit changing 
for all of the sort of like uh preliminary like will you work with us interviews yeah. for barbell mm-hmm. but it was all based on like on on recommendations and people who we worked with and really enjoyed working with and and uh people who we trust and people who they trust yeah and we did i mean um we did work with a what like oh, 90 right. per, 90% female crew the the core creative team so mm-hmm. our production designer all of our producers um our director our dop uh the writers everyone was a woman mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that our entire like core creative team was female because um we wanted the female gaze to be a big part of the show that we produced because we've all just seen enough of the male gaze I've seen enough. <laughs> the female gaze, G-A-Z-E, G-A-Y-Z. Yeah. G-A-Y-Z, G-A-Z-E, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, I gaze yeah. now with yeah. the Z. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I like that. Has has that been used yet? Like the female gaze, like G-A-Y-Z? G-A-Y-Z-E. Guys, do we just do we just invent the does coolest it have thing ever? At the end or not? I think it would just be. I think, I, I think it does. It does. Yeah, G A Y Z E. Okay. The female gaze. Thanks, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. I Can love someone? It. We need to Google that. That's a cool thing. <laughs> I'm gonna appropriate that term. <laughs> I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna um, make it a new lesbian band called the Female Gaze. Yo. <laughs> we actually do need a female band name. Do we? oh. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it ended up, we, we were working with a production company, uh, that allotted us some of our crew. Mm -hmm. So like our sound person was a man. Um, and we asked Bao, we're like, can we have a lady? And they're like, we don't have any. (laughs) And they were like, we were like, okay, well it's free or, (laughs) or we have to like, so we ended up having to, um, uh, we ended up having some men on the crew, but, uh, I think it was like it was great because like the majority or like I would say like ninety percent was female and uh, it was awesome to just see everybody who was like in a titular position of power on the set be a woman. How does that experience compare to other sets that you've been on that have been primarily male? Poof, Um, where to begin? Um, just like one thousand percent better. It felt like home. Is that mm-hmm. fair? It felt like home. Um, it felt like nobody was jockeying for a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were no pissing contests. Nobody whipped their vagina out to just let me have a look (laughs) at any point. You know, I can't even begin to describe how much better it was. Well, I guess I could just did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or just what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I also want to be like, I don't want to take for granted the amazing non-female people yes, that we had on set. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. as part of the team, um, they they all supported us in incredible ways. Absolutely. Lee and I created this podcast because we wanted to see more queer representation out there, and we love that you're out there doing it. So what advice do you have for other queer creators in our audience who have ideas but maybe haven't made them into a reality yet? Just do it. I have, like, the the single piece of advice that I give to, like, <laughs> Everyone, like, I feel like it's getting bored. I feel like a bit of a broken record now, but it's, Mm -hmm. but I really do think that it has like extreme value. I think that, uh, you can't let the big picture overwhelm you. You have to just get up every day in the morning and ask yourself, what can I do literally today Mm -hmm. in order to make this project happen in the future? Cause I, it might fail miserably. Um, but you'll probably have learned something and then you can try again. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have made lots of, like, shit art. Like, stuff that should never see the light of day again. Just, like, absolute, <laughs> like, trash fire garbage. <laughs> but eventually I made something that was pretty cool. And I think that, as an artist, I think it's really important to not hold yourself to a standard of everything needing to be excellent. Like, uh, you know, when you're a weatherman or a weather person, you get... You Where get it. Going? You get it wrong fifty percent of the time, and it's okay. You is still that get to, the statistic. Yes, fifty percent of the time, meteorologists are incorrect fifty percent of the time, hmm. and they get to keep their jobs. So, artists, you know, if you get it wrong fifty percent <laughs> of the time, you're still doing as good as a weather person. So, what like, what can you ask for? What more can you ask for? So, if you make fifty percent garbage and fifty percent awesome stuff, 
that's great. That's a good ratio. Mm-hmm. You still get to keep your job. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. And I think as a (laughs) queer creator, like, there's no more or better fire under your ass than, like, seeing something that's missing in your media stream. If there's something that you want to watch or listen to that doesn't exist, make it. Agreed. Yeah. Um, besides this podcast, I'm, um, I'm a singer and I do music and stuff like that. And it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, just do it. Just keep making videos. Keep like making that random cover. Like maybe not mm-hmm. everything will be perfect, but then you, I see like other people, they're putting out content and maybe it's not great, but they're still putting it out and like getting stuff yeah. out there, you know? Yeah. So why not you? And I think like always, always be generous with your likes. That's like my other, that's like my, that's like another one of my hashtag for 2018 is like, be generous with your likes. Like a like on Instagram, it costs you nothing. nothing. It costs you nothing. And it means yeah. so much. And it means so much to so many people. So just like every, like everything. Like, don't be judicious. Mm-hmm. Don't be precious about your Instagram likes. Like the Instagram uh. is no place for ego. Actually, it's like the epicenter of ego, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's how most ego. people would describe Instagram is lack of egos. <laughs> but we can make it the utopia of like this egoless state if we just throw out our likes without any... Uh... Precaution to the wind. <laughs> exactly. Um, we talked a little bit about how you assembled the crew and the people who were in your show And myself and Lee are big fans of pretty much anything coming out of, like, the Canadian queer scene, I like to call it. And I feel like you guys just all know each other and are, like, all doing things together. Like, the Gay Women's Channel. Um, There's a bunch of different things. Um, So what is it like being a part of that Toronto queer media scene? It's very hot. Valid. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The crossover is kind of insane. Like, we've all Mm -hmm. been in the same room together at, like, various points in our life. Like, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the, like, I don't know, I guess actors and producers and, like, creators and directors. Yeah. I think, to me, it feels less, less cool and crazy than it feels like it's just a small world. Yeah. Or we all know each other. Oh, don't take away the glamour I'm of it. Sorry. It's so <laughs> awesome. It's, it's we all so hang awesome. out and like watch reruns of the hour. No. <laughs> I feel that's like that boy that in do. high school that's like, tell us about the girls' locker room. Do you want to make out and have pillow fights? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like I guess no, Gwen is right in that it is like it is just like the Canadian media scene in general is just like it's a smaller playground. Mm-hmm. So there is more like chance for crossover. However, there is something, like, kind of uniquely special about how, like, I I directed Annie Briggs and Gwen Cummins in a play, like, like five years ago, and, like, Elise Bauman and I lived together for a while, (laughs) and, like, Gwen and Natasha Nagavonlis and I were all at, like, a garden party together, like... That was Gwen's birthday, like six oh, yeah. years ago. Like it's kind of years ago. Yeah, yeah. like the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Like it is crazy. Like there is something kind of. I I would say that there is something kind of special and unique about about the I don't know about like the the keep saying a boat about <laughs> no please yeah do. I know yeah. yes because we're talking just, about the Canadian about, scene about <laughs> about the like I don't know like the queer female content that's coming out of Canada there's something mm. really neat about it it's just like I, I think it's interesting in, in a lot of artistic movements like be it like the beat poet movement of the 1960s in New York or like the Dadaist movement in like Zurich in like the second world war you know people see other people making stuff and they're like, oh, cool. Look at what you're making over there. That's interesting. Let me like 
you know, take some of that and like add some of my own special sauce and like, I'll make this. And so it's just sort of like, it becomes this to borrow from my, you know, own petty crime past, uh, (laughs) this like huge, you know, like, like burning arson fire that, you know, like you keep like sort of throwing gasoline on it and it gets even like bigger and brighter and it, you know, creates opportunities, uh, to just like, be really creative and think about stories in a, in a new way and to help each other be better artists and uh, m- more creative artists. That's such a lovely high romance kind of answer. Yeah. I'm going to throw in a quick uh, addendum for our listeners. We have neither confirmed nor denied that Karen's past petty crimes include us. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> just to get that on the record, um, but I do think, cause, cause one of like, one of the things I love to do on the podcast is to, I call it going down the lesbian rabbit hole of like looking up the connections. So, you know, like obviously on Barbell, uh, you know, I think you mentioned Natasha is there as your sort of ghosts of girlfriends past. I think mm-hmm. all of our listeners will be familiar with Natasha and her role in Carmilla. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Kiana Madera, who plays Brooklyn in Barbell, who was in Never Knock with uh, Dominique Provo Chocolate. Um, <laughs> and so I'm curious. I mean, we always do it from like this, you know, here's our lesbian take on all of these connections. Oh, she was also in Winona Earp, too. Kiana's also in Winona Earp. Yes, and she had a bit part in Winona Earp. Uh, but my question is, how much of that right now is just kind of due to the fact that there's so much queer stuff coming out of Canada? What is in the water up there? It's hard to say. Chicken, egg. <laughs> it makes me really, like, happy. So happy. I'm yeah. like, good job, Canada. Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Gwen and I are, like, maybe our favorite thing to do, other than, like, making awesome, like, queer content, is to critique other Canadian content that we think is really lame. (laughs) So like there, yes, there's lots of cool content coming out of Canada. Lots is lots being a generous word. Um, but there's also there's a lot of like right now. shit Canadian content that and we're not talking about the queer content, <laughs> not the queer content at all. The rest of it. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's also the same with, that's how I feel about American content too. Like I only like queer storylines, period. <laughs> that's okay. I'm like, I'm really happy to hear that. In yeah. terms of queer content. Yes, yes. Yes. We're, we're doing well. We are. And, and I feel Even like. Even in our French speaking uh, offerings. Oh, yeah. If anyone hasn't seen the web series Feminine Feminine or Femine Femine, um, you need to oh watch it. Oh my god, it. the Canadian accent on that was unbelievable. <laughs> hey, merci. <laughs> oh my god. Is that how they talk on the show? Because I need to look this up. Oui, right certainement. Mm-hmm. Ah, oui, certainement. It is like, it, it honestly, like when Gwen and I were creating Barbell, we were just like, like we just wanted to be like feminine, feminine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's, um, it's a lesbian web series uh, out of Montreal uh, mm. that has mostly Quebecois. Um, actors, yeah, or yeah. like francophone, mm-hmm. francophone actors, mm-hmm. and it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. That is the standard to which we hold ourselves. Yeah. Where can mm-hmm. we find it? I'm gonna look it up like it's as soon as we Vimeo. get off this call. You can watch. You can watch all of it on Vimeo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, mm-hmm. get ready to have a new crush on Suzanne Clément because, like, holy moly, <laughs> j'adore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my wife is gonna be so excited for the rest of this week. <laughs> Cause I know what we're watching, you guys. Yeah, they're like the the group of of women or creators who made that series. I feel like I fangirl over them, and Me too. I wish that I could be a part of of their group and meet them. And totally, like, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Like they they like liked one of the Barbell Instagram Did posts they really? once, and Gwen oh, and I were and that. Gwen and I were like, oh my god, <laughs> no, it's so exciting. That. Yeah, because we posted about it. we were like, congrats to like let's spread the word oh. for like wrapping your shoot on yeah. like second season of Feminine Feminine, and they liked it, and I was oh. like, oh my god, I'm blushing. <laughs> they are. They're just so cool. They're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have to talk about the music yes, and Barbell because right. Barbell would not be Barbell without the music. Um, specifically, <laughs> I want to talk about Selfish Shellfish, <laughs> which is just beautiful. So, um, Karen, was that all improv? No, or did you already have improv. that song written yeah. when you did that? It was all scene? improv based on like a, a suggestion. Yeah, and then well, Gwen wrote the lyric. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry that I was selfish. I'm sorry you don't eat shellfish. 
Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. And then that became... It was the starting point. It was the starting point. It was the jumping off point. And I remember reading it when she first wrote it, like, the episode, and I was like, well, that'll change later. <laughs> and it never did. And then it became this, like, hilarious thing. And, yeah, it just became that insane thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was... Is the Anymore intended to be a joke about lesbians being vegetarian or vegan? Or yes, just- because Alice is vegan. Alice is a vegan in the show, okay. or is is like is okay. like is trying out veganism. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Is she still vegan in second as, season? As yes. any good lesbian does. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. you gotta try it out. <laughs> <laughs> but what is what is the songwriting process in general? Because there's a lot of music in the show. So mm-hmm. who? How does that kind of happen behind the scenes? Most of the songs were okay. So Karen has written most of the lyrics. And then our composer um, took those lyrics and, and, like, would write us a demo, and then we'd learn the demo, and then we'd go and record the song, and um, and our composer and our producer would make it into magic. Yeah. And that's, that's how it, most of the time. Yeah, so we didn't happened. really play any of the instruments oh, like sorry no. sorry to burst anyone's bubble that thinks that we're think like that? i like i think maybe some people did and like i'm so i like i guys I, like i wanted to keep the lie going on longer but like <laughs> i can't play ukulele i can't play it no. i know it looks like a can but a can it does actually look very convincing in there oh, i'm so glad i know like <laughs> gwen is actually better at playing instruments than I am. I think we have a similar, I think we're both intensely mediocre. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we have that ability to like pick things up fast Uh and then, and then we drop it when we've learned enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, there was one song. What? Well, La Crush. Yep. That we can take credit for the, mostly Karen can take credit for the tune. (laughs) The main tune. I wonder if the I tune s- for at least two of the lines. Yeah. <laughs> <And then laughs> so we went over to the loaded pierogi, and I was like, it needs to sound like Rebecca Black's Friday. You know, yeah. it needs to sound like, you know, I was like, you know, it's going to be like, it's hot, I'm not, I'm so messed up, I don't know what you were thinking when I kissed you, and it hit me again, the crash. <laughs> Although I gotta say, the look crush part was all our composer. Yes. And it was absolutely hilarious yeah. hearing the demo that he did for us and then sent to us where it's like this, this man singing, <laughs> it's hot, I'm not, Le Crush, Le Crush. <laughs> it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we loved it. <laughs> I love it. You guys just said that in unison. Yes. Um, well, we also have to talk about the music videos. Uh, so what was your favorite music video to film? Uh, um, for me, it was Selfish Shellfish, which we filmed yes. like a month ago. I don't know if you've seen that yes, one. Yes, I have seen it. Oh, you have seen it? Amazingly okay. ridiculous. It yeah. was so fun. That and was it was all fun. Gwen's concept. Gwen, like, like <laughs> she was the mastermind behind that. She was like, I want to make this thing. And I was like, I was like, great. So I just have to like show up in a hot dress and like roll around with some lobster. I was like, sign me up, babe. Well, but then the our our director of photography um, and the director of that music video, Victoria Long, she's the one who came up with the entire preamble. Oh yeah, where we're just like staring at each other as if we're in a soap opera. And you look so much like a Kardashian in that. <laughs> You're like so Kardashian hot in that. I remember, like, watching the footage afterwards and being, like, and it was so funny because Gwen showed up to the set that day with literally no makeup on and, like, wearing, like, like sweatpants. Mm -hmm. And, like, and then, and Victoria was, like, can you just be in, like, a little bit of it? And Gwen was, like, I look like shit. And then she literally, it it took her literally, like, two minutes to, like, put some lipstick on and, like, put her hair back in a bun. And she looks like, she's, like, the most expensive woman in the entire world. That's so sweet. I, on the other hand spent probably three and a half hours getting ready for that music video <laughs> applying highlighter to my cheekbones <laughs> and like you know various other beauty products all this to say Gwen is a natural beauty I take a little extra 
You're too much, Karen. It's not true. What does the most expensive woman in the world go for these days? I mean, that's that's high praise. I'm just gonna. Um, well, I think uh, that like five Bitcoin. No, <laughs> no, the most expensive in the woman in the world cannot be bought. Cannot be bought. That's right. She's priceless. Okay. Although five Bitcoin that's would true. do it. Yeah, five Bitcoin. What is that now? Like that's like a hundred. <laughs> that's like almost a million now, or at least a hundred k. Keep track. Yeah. So everyone should know you have your option. You could buy Gwen or I think all of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Choose wisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot of lesbians out there mining Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but the music videos were great, right? My favorite was the video for Clearcut, which is vaguely reminiscent of... It is a Windows 95 screensaver, but what I love yeah. about it is there's so many music videos that, that do look like that, right? <laughs> um, Are there? They, yeah, the Dixie Chicks one. If you, if you one, go classically right. back to, like, yes. Dixie Chicks landslide yes. video, uh, like, yeah. kind of looks like that. Yeah. Um, but even more recent ones, like, you know, Kanye's Bound 2. I mean, oh, that's kind of what it yeah. is. It's like, we just green-screened you on a motorcycle in front of Windows 95 backgrounds. There's something really charming about that, like cheapness yeah i don't know what it is like it's i guess it's like it's like fake irony or something it's like that was look, real irony i know well i don't know i mean like it, just trying to describe to you how that music video became no please do what it Paint is, us a word picture is very complicated we couldn't have planned it we could never have we planned it we tried. never okay here should we let them in on this secret okay okay we never intended it oh no to be bad <laughs> In the initial filming, I know I can't believe we're telling you this either. This is like this is like new news. Like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna think that we're not geniuses anymore. So when we first filmed the music video, it was supposed to be good. We were like we couldn't wait. It was gonna be like this, like it was gonna be like uh, George Michael's Freedom. That was like the initial inspo for it, which is like a great music video from like the late 90s with like Mila Djokovic and like all the other hot supermodels from like the late 90s, basically just like dancing around in sheets. So we were like, yeah, it's going to be like that. And it's going to be so So moody and hot and like romantic. And then we filmed it. (laughs) And... uh, it wasn't that. It just wasn't that. I was the post-production supervisor on the, or like sort of the, yes, I guess I was the post-production supervisor on the fifth episode. Absolutely. Like I remember trying to describe to our editor for that one, who was not Kelly, Kelly Powley, who was the director, also edited uh, the other nine episodes. This episode was a particular case because it had so much sort of like complicated graphic stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So our, like our VFX designer, Francois, he, like, when I was, like, when I was initially describing to him what we wanted the music video to look like, I was, like, George Michael's freedom, this and that. And he really imbued me with confidence. He was, like, yes, I can make it like that. It will be a masterpiece. I would put in, like, ice and fire. And, like, they want to be together, but they cannot be together. And there is, like, nature and destiny and, like, flames. And I was, like, yes, Francois. I was, like, you understand. And then I got the hard drive that had the video on it, and I brought it over to Kelly's house, and Kelly and Gwen and I... And Victoria was there. No, she got there a little bit later. Oh, right. So, anyways, well, it was almost the four of us. Right. And I popped it in, and none of us had seen it before. We were so excited. And we were, like, we were ready to watch this, like, masterpiece, this, like, beautiful music video that was going to be, like, really, like, contemporary, like, you know, like a Taylor Swift music video. Mm -hmm. And what we saw (laughs) was not that. (laughs) It was what is now the music video in Barbell. Hot flaming disaster. A hot trash fire. So... For, like, we watched it, like, three times together, all, like, jaws to the floor. Silently. Crying. (laughs) I'm crying right now. (laughs) Being like, what are we going to do? What do we do? We don't have money to hire another VFX editor. Do we shoot it? How do we figure this out? And then, like, in the pit of our despair, I was like, no. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) We make it even worse. (laughs) Double down. <laughs> we double down on this shit. We make it even worse. Mm-hmm. Francois, like God willing, will never listen to this <laughs> to this 
podcast he interview. Never this. He'll never hear this, hopefully. Knock wood. But so Victoria and I, Victoria Long, our, our director of photography, went back to Francois and we're like, we couldn't be like, listen, Francois, what you gave us was such utter garbage. We want to make it even more garbage. Instead, we had to be like, Francois, we loved what you did with the flames and the macro shot of dew on a leaf. The ice fire. The ice fire and the like floating rose petals in the galaxy. They were great. Could we maybe have more More. of that? (laughs) We were like, so, and like, and like the piece de raisin sauce, like that I always tell everybody in this one. I was like, could we have some doves? flying across the sky at the end and Francois was like no I would do you one better I would give you Canadian geese (laughs) and he was like there was no like Francois is French so he doesn't understand the meaning of irony Like, everything is life or death for him. Everything is true or not true. That is why there are Canadian geese flying across the screen at the end of Clear Cut. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the tale. Still how that came about. That is incredible. Now, I'm so happy to hear that. Secrets out. Secrets mm-hmm. out. All I want in the world now is to have Kanye on our podcast to ask if that's what happened. With <laughs> <laughs> I really hope. Because I'll be honest, like when that mu- music video, because I remember when that came out, and like, and and everyone's always like, "Oh, Kanye, such an artist." And so you turn on this video, and it's literally like a Windows ninety five screensaver of horses like running across a meadow. <laughs> so and then, funny. You know, them on the bike with, like, the wind going the wrong oh, way God. in their hair. I mean, I think it's very possible that uh, Francois directed that video. It oh. is possible. It Like, who knows? Maybe <laughs> Kanye saw this episode and he was like, who, who conceived of that? It's so funny. I really have a tough time talking about the experience because I find that I just can never quite do, do it justice. Like, the amount of coincidences and, like insane like it's so much stranger than fiction that i just like feel like i never quite do the story justice we just we couldn't have made it up if we tried yeah it like it like it's just so bananas incredible (laughs) Mm -hmm. but what i love about that is that the togas were intended to be the serious video they were so serious they sure were yeah like those were Mm -hmm. they were supposed to be cool i did on the day i had a really hard time Dancing in the wind with my toga. Yeah. Keeping a straight face. Karen was much better at it than I was. <laughs> I could hold it for like 30 seconds and then I had to have a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. We are looking forward to many more amazing and amazingly ironic music videos. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> what are your plans for season two? I know we talked a little bit. You've started writing. Mm-hmm. What can we look mm-hmm. forward to? Oh, man. I love the season two scripts. I'm so excited about them right now. Yes. We we are very excited about it. Yeah. I don't want to say too much just in case things change. Totally, totally. No. I guess we can say, like we did say earlier, there is like a, we're definitely still in keeping of the, um, like in thematically the public versus private and like. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. What is like uh, sold as truth to the public is not always the truth uh, that exists within the real lives of, of people who are sort of thrust into the spotlight of celebrity are we gonna have characters back are there any absolutely new characters there are new characters there, are, there, there are, are new characters, characters. and gwen are like totes obsessed yeah and there's a new villain too mm-hmm. and, and i think that like the villain in this in this season is like quite sharply drawn and like it's uh like r- quickly becoming one of my favorite sort of arcs yeah that character. But mm-hmm. is the villain played by Annie Briggs or Elise Bauman? <laughs> Ellen Page. Actually, actually. it's Ellen Page, but yeah. oh, spaghetti, 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 spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're no. all Canadian, so we know yeah. each other, yeah. right? Gwen and I's <laughs> dream is that Ellen Page will play this part, yeah. but, you know, we have to talk to her Let's agent, etc. She does have wedding plans to get to, yeah. apparently. Yeah, well, Oh, listen. no, she's already married. Yeah, she's she got married. Never mind. It's done. Yeah, it just Stop. came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen's sad because Gwen wanted to marry Alan Page. So uh, the my other burning question now about season two is, is Francois back to direct another music video? Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
My heart but has just broken in my chest. That we can confirm. That we can confirm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> however, there will be other very fun, irony-laden videos for yeah. people to consume with joy. We do, in the meantime, also fully intend on doing a music video for LaCrush. Yes, like a fully conceived Mm -hmm. LaCrush video. Love it. With dear Cynthia Hicks. We haven't asked her yet. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully she'll do it. If you're listening to this, Cynthia. Cynthia, call us. Yeah. No, we'll call you. We'll call you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll just harass you. (laughs) Telephone calls. All right. I think this brings us into our Q&A, right, Lee? Let's do some Q&A. And we've, I, I, we're going to introduce Q&A for anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast before. But we have a segment where we, will, we have written some questions for you, Karen and Gwen, that we are going to ask you. Uh, and that is one of our favorite segments is called Q&A. Q, 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 and, 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 and I am going to kick us off with question number one. You each get to answer. Um, who is... Your favorite character from Barbell out of Alice, Veronica, Lulu, or Brooklyn? Gwen here. Veronica is my favorite character. Easily. Um, my favorite character is Lulu. Are, are there reasons why, or do you want to just leave it at that? Veronica's just so fun and unpredictable. <laughs> That's enough. I love Lulu because, like, she's teenage girls. If I'm ever on TTC and there's, like, two teenage girls, like, sorry, TTC is, like, our public transit. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm ever on the subway or, like, on a streetcar or a bus and there's, like, two teenage girls just, like, having a talk about, like, high school or, like, life, I just, like, I sit as close as I possibly can without being a total creep and, like, <laughs> listen in. I just love teenagers. I think they're so interesting and cool. And, like, Lulu... Uh, like Brooklyn, I love as well too, because she's just like such a quintessential teenage girl. Um, but Lulu's like a little bit; she just she just gets a little more screen time, so it's easier to fall in love with her. I will say, I was I was coming home from work last week, and there were two girls on my train who must have been like freshmen, sophomores in high school. Uh, and they were having like the loudest <laughs> conversation. <laughs> uh, and I actually did have a blast just kind of listening to them because they're so, they were so earnest, yeah. you know, and like so they felt they everything do. so strong. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is that was what it was like to be 15. A hundred percent. Like yeah. that, that's literally it. it for me too. Like it's yeah. just like, it's the earnestness mm-hmm. that I just love so much. And like there is like that quality of earnestness, I think, is like in both Lulu and Brooklyn. Um, and I just, I adore it. I think it's so charming. All right. For our next question, you don't have to get too much in detail, but just yes or no. <laughs> unless, unless you want to. Have you ever had to live with an ex? No, I didn't. I left. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> that's dead no, <clears throat> I got out. I've actually never lived with anyone I've been dating because, because I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I like ever marry someone, I'll be like separate houses. Yeah, with is that, Leno. Is that like forget so no, the nineteen fifties separate beds? This is like I need my yeah, own house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I've just no. So no, I've never had to live with an ex. Okay, number three. Uh, did you take a girl to your prom? Yes or no? Uh no, I didn't. I didn't go to my prom, so... You didn't go to your prom. Negatory. Did oh. not attend. Is it because yeah. you couldn't take a girl's <laughs> Uh Well, I mean, like, it was a very Catholic school, so, um, like, no, like, nobody, nobody took a gay date to my prom that I know of. I wasn't there, but I also mm. didn't see any pictures. And that goes, like, like for lesbian or, uh, like, gay men. I was straight in high school, but I took two, I took a girl to my junior and senior prom as friends. <laughs> yeah, just right. friends, oh. obviously. I took a friend to a different dance at, like, in grade 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just – but we were just friends. I'll yeah. never forget. So I went to prom. This poor boy asked me to go, and I said, like, oh, as your friend, cool, yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget at the after party, he put his arm around me, Ugh. and it made me so uncomfortable. I, like, shrugged him off, 
And the only thing I could come up with, the only like excuse that I had to like get him off me was, was to say like, please don't, just don't mess up my hair. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, is that in high school, <laughs> uh, baby idiot Gwen had dreadlocks. <laughs> so <laughs> like there was no messing up my hair. <laughs> Good one, Gwen. Not possible. Can we see nice pictures of those save. dreadlocks? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. My high school career was pre-Facebook, so none of that exists anywhere. It's okay. All right, next question. Mm -hmm. If you could be Tegan or Sarah, which one would you be? I mean, I think I'm more of a Sarah Mm -hmm. for sure. Do you? Yeah, and I want (laughs) to be with Tegan. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would pick Tegan. To be? Yeah. Dream come true. Okay, this one, it's a little long. So uh, if you haven't noticed, Twitter gives us four poll options. So there's there's four choices on this one as well. So I'm, I'm going to list them all. So she's too young for you if A, she didn't have a se- <laughs> sexual awakening to Xena. <laughs> B, she's got fur on her shoes. C, she doesn't remember when K-Stew dated men. Or D, she thinks the best boy band of all time is One Direction. What's the most egregious? Ooh. <laughs> Mama me. Mm. Uh, well, she would definitely be too young if she if got she didn't one direction. No, if oh, she didn't she... remember when Casey dated men. I mean, that's my favorite because that's the line that I came up with. But she would just be so young. She would just be too young. She would be <laughs> straight up too young, like a teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that one would be the most like criminal, not egregious. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Next question. <laughs> Next and last question. What's your favorite type of shellfish? Lobster, crab, Ooh. shrimp, or selfish? Right. <laughs> I mean, I recently became a vegetarian. So for the selfish shellfish video, I had to break with the vegetarian gods mm-hmm. and shove dirty sea creature into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all the pain I experience when we're suffering is because of Gwen's writing. You're welcome. <laughs> you know that episode where Natasha Nagavonlis just slaps me a whole bunch? Gwen wrote that. Oh my doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and we just watched the super cut today. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? Um, I'm a shrimpy gal, so I gotta go with shrimp. All right, and for all of you listening out there, remember you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Pod. And super exciting, Karen and Gwendolyn will be answering even more Q&As on their Les Hangout Instagram takeover, so make sure to follow us on Instagram for that. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, what we want to do is we want to, first of all, thank you guys, Karen and Gwen, for being on the show, for having this conversation with us. This has been so amazing. Much fun. We're so excited you guys could make it. Thank you for having um, us. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you guys as well on the social medias? Yes. Yes. Karen, what's our handle? Uh, so you can find us on Instagram at barbell underscore series uh, and on Twitter at uh, barbell dot, dot series? series. Just Google yes. barbell Twitter or barbell Instagram and you'll, <laughs> you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find both of our personal social medias through those accounts. Oh, yeah. Just keep clicking. Just keep clicking. Yeah. <laughs> Just stalk Karen and Gwen online. Yes, please stalk us. Uh, and you'll find them. <laughs> so that, that is where you can find them. Uh, if you want to find us, we are also on Instagram and on Facebook at Les Hangout Pod. Or you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. And if you like what you hear, we would love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people to find the podcast and let us know how we're doing. And if you want to follow us individually, the best place to find me is on Twitter at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LEB2792. So thank you again to Karen and Gwen. We have loved having you guys. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you guys. Uh-huh. And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. It's hot. Don't know why.
so messed up Don't know what you were thinking when I kissed you And it hit me again It's hot, I'm not so messed up Don't know what you were thinking when I kissed you And it hit me It hit me again Look